free kick and a chance here for Kelly. He scored! David Kelly! Trackman a level against all the odds! Jennings. There's the kick. Scoreboards! Right then, right then, right then. Hello, welcome to the This Is Tramia podcast, 100% unofficial Tramia Rovers podcast. Me, Paul Harper, hello, welcome to this little bonus episode. Um, I've been catching up with uh, Ryan Ferguson, so we're going to hear that nice little feature very shortly. Um, we are brought to you in association with the Tramia Rovers official supporters club. Uh, so a big thanks to them, big shout out to them. Um, if you haven't already, follow them on Twitter at SWA underscore TRFC. Uh, get yourselves your memberships. Don't forget to go into Waldo's. Um, support all the great initiatives they're doing around the club. So, uh, yeah, as I say, check them out on Twitter or Facebook. Officially, the Tranmere Rovers official sports club page on, on Facebook as well. Give you all the information you need, but it's a no-brainer, £10 to, uh, to get your memberships. So if you haven't already done so this season... Um, Get yourselves a, your memberships, get a few benefits and all the rest of it. But you can find out all the details on there and on their website, tramirovesosc.co.uk. Right, let's uh, crack on with the content. And I caught up with uh, Ryan Ferguson to chat about his uh, his new book, Planet Prentonia. And we chatted about that and how it became a thing and how it was developed and how it was kind of put together. Um, we also chatted about loads of things TRFC uh, related and his blog that kind of started the whole ball rolling in the first place. Um, so yeah, it's a nice little chat, nice little feature we did with Ryan. So big thank you to him for giving up his time. Um, so without further ado, let's throw over to myself and we'll have a chat with Ryan Ferguson of Planet Pentonia. Right, this is Tramia. Paul Harper here, hello. Um, we're in, um, after you um, explain before we start, we're in Ruben's Coffee Shop in Brenton. So give them a shout out if they want to offer me a free coffee, all well and good. Um, you may well hear the coffee machine go off, uh, maybe interrupt our conversation. Um, that's the reason why. So there's your disclaimer. Um, so if you don't like the sound of coffee machines, um, turn off. Bye. Um, in the meantime, I am joined by Mr. Planet Prentoni and Mr. Ryan Ferguson. Ryan, thanks for joining me, first of all. Uh, thanks, Paul. Thanks a lot. Um, we're obviously going to talk about the book and the blog, which started the, the, book, the kind of the process of, of getting the book out. But um, before we get onto the plug-in side of things, let's uh, let's talk to Ryan and let's talk about how you kind of. Became a Tramway fan, so what, was, what dragged you down to Brenton Park? So basically, it's just like from a long family of uh, Tramway fans. So my dad's like, well, my dad was actually a Liverpool fan um, when he was a kid. He used to go to all the games around the country when he was like six, seven years old on the train. Um, Bunking in. Yeah, all that. <laughs> um, and uh, he went to. Tramway one Friday night. I think it's a common story, really, isn't yeah, it? Like, yeah. and he just got hooked um, on Johnny King's team and that that brand of football. And yeah, he just uh, he was hooked on Tramway. And he converted like a lot of people seem to do. And uh, he hates Liverpool now. Like, he just can't <laughs> stand them. Yeah. So yeah, it's the right. <laughs> and I was yeah, and I was just born into Tramway. Um, there's a photo of me 
I'm like a couple of days old with like a tramway shirt on. Uh, and just, yeah, and I went, my first game was about 2001. Uh, my dad always says it was a nil-nil. Yeah, oh God. My dad always says it was a nil-nil game. But yeah, it's more than likely. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, like you say, it was that, that era just after we fell out of the championship. And like, Dave Watson was the manager. Um, and As we said, glorious. Yeah, and it was just like, for me, like seeing like, Jason Kumas and you know, all that era, it was just like I fell in love with Kumas was my first hero, like just the way he just floated about the pitch and just like yeah, it was just, it was just brilliant. It was like a I would say it was Tramia's version of Raquel May. <laughs> um, That's a then, good comparison I reckon. Yeah. Like enigmatic kind of the way you kinda of want. Yeah, and it was just like you just loved the club as well. Yeah. Like like, like Raquel May at Bocker, like it was just yeah. like yeah, brilliant. Um, and then obviously you had the Ian Hume years were like Ian Hume was just my idol. Uh, tell a chapter in the book about how you know I was growing up on a council estate in, in Bromborough and uh, I wanted that you know that Mohican haircut Hume had with the, with the blonde Mohican. <laughs> and uh, my mum was like, "You can have the haircut, but you're not dying it blonde." I'm like, all right then. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, and then basically we didn't, you know, I never experienced any success with Tranmere you know, from 2001 right through to you know, the recent glory years. Watch like, it. yeah, it was a hard, hard slog, but uh, yeah, wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. So let's uh, look at maybe our favourite moments. So, uh, as we've said, there's been like, it's been 17 years of absolute dross. <laughs> Uh, so, like, Kiemass and Kiem were kind of your early idols, but if you think back to, like, a favourite game or a favourite kind of memory you've got from a game over the last like, 20 years? Yeah, a favourite game ever, even on top of the Wembley games, is the Chester away. You know, 2-1 down after 80, 81 minutes, something like that. And, like, to actually win it with the last kick was just, like... I've never experienced that kind of... Emotion in a, in a stadium, like it was just, it was like what you, what you dream of, you know. I mean, the, the people just flying across the pitch and just absolute chaos in the away end. I think it was on, I was on the back row, and uh, when Cook scored, ended up like on the front row in a puddle, just like absolute delirium. Uh, I don't think I'll ever top that that feeling. Even just like the, the sheer like shock of it, like. You know, Wembley, that's like a standalone, standalone category, isn't yeah. it? I suppose, but like um, that Chester game was just unreal. Uh, th- those games against Wrexham, you know, in the non-league days, well, they were just they were great occasions, weren't they? Yeah. But looking back, some of the away days we've had, like Leeds, you know, Mary Williams scored. That was that was a favourite, um, and yeah, just just some. Uh, some great memories really for, even though we never actually Wanted achieved anything it was just like you know that sense of belonging to something was just brilliant yeah I think it's easy to look back now and think the good old non-league days like we never really wanted to be there in the first place but it's only now once it's been and gone hopefully <laughs> such words um, that you can appreciate like Trips to places like Geyser, we never thought we'd be on a level yeah. playing field with like, Geyser and Board and Wood and yeah. all these kind of teams. Yeah. But it's kind of sometimes you have to go back down to to earth if you like to build back up and be the kind of club that we all thought we were and we all thought we you know, we belong. Exactly, yeah, it was like I think the lowest the lowest of the low was when Welling United Beatles at Fremont Park. Like, it was a few days after Johnny King passed away, and like his family was there and everything. And um, it built up this big tribute game, and we were going for playoffs, weren't we, at the time? And yeah, Welling United. They walked about two in the net, didn't we? We just like took around the keeper, and it was just like, yeah, wow. I think we scored after like two minutes. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, I that was rather shaft. Maybe you look at it like we we literally sunk to the to the lowest point in the club's history, like, and then to watch 
that resurgence, yeah, I suppose it, it's quite special, isn't it, really, yeah. to, to look back now and see how far we actually came. I think there's a lot of luck involved as well, to be honest with you, but um, it's football, isn't it? Yeah, well, after like, 27 years of no luck whatsoever, yeah. I'm talking about Mark Bosnich, that last of Billy before, I'm talking about the playoffs where Simon Grayson or whoever it was for Leicester handballed it on the line, yeah. stopped going in. I'm talking about the red card at Wembley in 2000. Exactly. There's been um, so much in the relegations and all the rest of it, you mean you could go on forever. Well, one of the stats, you know, I pulled out in the book, um, before we won at Wembley in 2018, basically in the top five divisions of English football, uh, Tranmere had waited longer than any club for a trophy or a promotion. And, um, you know, we could, you could say we were like the most success-starved club in the country, and it was just, that's what made that day so special. As well as, you know, the, the manner in which we achieved it, you know, going down to 10 men, you know, it's just, yeah, unbelievable, but... We're delighted to have passed that man on to Oldham, I think, so... Right. Good on you, Oldham. Yeah, good luck with that one. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be plenty more years where you can uh, be uh, boastful about that title. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, a rich history of losing. And then the, uh, the upsurge recently. You obviously incredibly passionate about the football club. Like anyone who's read any articles you've written about Tranmere, the first thing that strikes you is this is someone who is madly, deeply passionate about the club. And that comes through your writing, which is quite to yourself. Um, Planet Pentonium, the, the blog to begin with, how did it, how did it become a thing? Why, yeah. did you, why did you get a start? Yeah, you know, I was always just interested in writing, reading and writing, you know, it was always my passion and my outlet to, you know, getting the obsessive thoughts out, out of my head and just, you know, getting that passion on the page and, you know, to start off with, I didn't know where to, to write about Tramway. I know I wrote for the, for the programme while you were you were there for a long time. You gave he me a chance. while I was there, by the way. <laughs> he refused. He just didn't respond to my emails. <laughs> anyway, we'll forget about that for yeah. now. We, um, I'm not one for holding grudges, but this is a grudge. <laughs> I wrote for the fanzine, etc. That, that was another story as well. But, um, yeah, so I was, <laughs> I was in freelance journalism like at the time writing for papers and websites and stuff like that and uh, the attitude of people towards Tramia was just you know it was insulting really yeah, I remember thinking you know we were just considered like the younger brother of Liverpool and Everton just totally overlooked and you know, an afterthought and I remember I remember sorry to stop you this is something that came up in the playoffs on Sky when I can't remember who it was, Alan Parry or whoever the commentator was, said it's Merseyside's, like, if you support Liverpool, everyone's right, yeah. everyone's second team, which exactly, yeah, it's just is not. a bit of a kind of... Like, you look like, at people like, it's a bit you know, disrespectful. people like me dad, um, you know, me, my brother, you know, it just, I can't stand Liverpool never. <laughs> I just can't even, like, explain it. Yeah. You know, my girlfriend goes absolutely mad when I'm fuming about Liverpool winning, she's like, you know, it's you live Why in Liverpool. Like yeah. you should be proud of them winning the Champions League. I'm like, I can't even explain this to you. Like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I can't even. Where'd you, where'd you begin? But basically, I remember, I remember sort of like, you know, I developed a portfolio when I was I was blogging here, there, and everywhere. And you know, Tramia was always the subject I came back to. And it was always like the most passionate topic for me. And um, you know, I remember. I remember my dad rang up the Wirral Globe and um, he literally spoke to the editor and he was like, Ryan wants to write for you for free. Can he write about, can he cover Tramia for you for nothing? Because, you know, I thought the quality was just so bad. And they never got back to me. <laughs> I was just like, all right then. Um, and I remember I walked into Liverpool Echo as well with an actual printed copy of my portfolio and I asked to speak to the editor and they were like, no, go away. <laughs> I was like, 
you know, that's the kind of madness that, you know, the passion spilled over into in the end. I thought, no one wants to listen, I'm just going to build something for myself then. I'm just going to, you know, make a blog and share those ideas that, you know, people people want to see. You know, and uh, that's how Planet Prentonia started. So it was basically Twitter accounts at first in like 2015, I think. Uh, when we were in non-league and you know I was sharing like just my thoughts on the club I was you know sharing old photos and uh, bits about the club's history and just you know keeping up to date with the news and stuff like that you know and that, that branched out then into a blog I was writing regularly on there telling the untold story of the club so you know we didn't focus on match reports or team news um, which other outlets you know that's the one thing they did really well um, what we focused on was like he's trying not to tread on my toes is what he's saying yeah yeah Paul Paul, Paul does all the match previews like <laughs> if you ever want a match preview go to Paul um, that's it yeah we got to share this out but basically I I just like I told the untold stories of like things that people didn't even know so like um, how the Rockford Files became the club anthem you know I literally tracked down the guy who was responsible for it you know we looked at we tried to make contact with Bruce Osterman uh, you know the American owner in the 80s and um, you know we, we, we told his story and uh, these are the things that was just like overlooked and just discarded in Tramia history you know Tramia were the first club on Merseyside to hire a black footballer and to put that story out there was you know, I thought it was quite important you know I thought we'd been done a disservice really by the local media in terms of nobody had ever chronicled those aspects of the club um, and then obviously that you know that led to writing about the games and stuff um, in like a passionate style not not your typical match report um, I remember the, you know, the articles before the playoffs in 2017, uh, 2018 were so well received, and I, I was shocked at you know the way people responded to, to the blog. Because for me, I was just sharing my passion. Uh, it was like if people enjoyed that, it was like a happy coincidence, you know. Um, and the response that the response that we had was just humbling, really. Um, and then. Yeah, you, you know, we we were lucky that people associated with with those stories and that that type of content we were trying to trying to unearth. Um, you know, we took a break for a while because you know I changed jobs, things like that, and I had, a, had a, a mental health issues as well, which you know led me to sort of finish the blog up in. I don't know what it was, about 10 months ago, something like that. You know, just didn't have the time to to, to dedicate to it. The, the, you know, just everyday life was, was a battle in itself. Finding the time to, to write and the space to write was, was difficult. Um, but then, you know, I discovered that in that mental health journey, you know, struggling with obsessive compulsive disorder, anxiety um, and depression, found that writing was you know my true calling really and it was an outlet for, for that struggle and that's when I started you know pouring all of that energy into uh, into the book so whilst the blog wasn't updated for, for 10 months you know Planet Friends only never really went away in, in spirits because I was, I was just hammering away at this book and you know it's brilliant that we were able to, to get it published in the end. So, um, the history of the club is something that you can delve into and, as you say, the untold stories is kind of the, the history and the background of everything that, that we see today when you go to Benton Park. Kind of those untold stories, the, the historic background, some of the amazing as you say, first black footballer in the etc. All that kind of stuff is a big interest to you, I guess. Oh yeah, definitely. It's, uh, I say that we, 
Panacrantonia. We I guess you've discovered a lot of stuff that you never thought you'd be able to. Ah, unbelievable! To read about unbelievable! The you know, recently published a blog as well about 101 mind-blowing facts about Tramit, and that was sort of like 101. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> that was all the stuff that I kind of learned in the process of the book, and I thought I've got to share this. Like some of the things, like. Um, we went years, like decades, without a red card. Like in the, oh, I don't even know when it was. I'll have to, I'll have to dig it out. But it was, Hill, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. And Josh Lavady, uh, it was just like, yeah, you know, we, we explored the soul of the club, um, and it's it's about the culture of of Tramier, and I think that's the big thing that came out of the non-league years. It's like the further we fell the more passionate people seem to be. Like the attendances went up, uh, which is just stunning really. Um, and the amount of people who started creating things in the in the Trammy Rover space, like you know, you look at Luxet Rebord, the T shirt brand, uh, clothing brand, you know, podcasts like this, um, radio shows, books being published, um, it's just you know, you got people doing vlogs from the matches and everything surrounding the fan tent at the games and stuff it's just it was I thought it was just a great case study of like hope and uh, belief triumphing over negativity and you know, that really that really hit the spot with me and it's it's something that I, I try and chronicle you know as best I can Right, so the blog is obviously is it still online? Yeah, the blog's still on. Basically yeah. I've it's on your website, right? Yeah, so the old blog was a WordPress blog and yeah, that was probably a mistake in hindsight. If you ever start on a blog, don't go with WordPress. <laughs> yeah, I use that. <laughs> Basically you know since since the the blog took off basically, you know, I've Develop my own site, which is, you know, that that Prime Prentonia blog in its first format was just so archaic. Like it was just like, yeah, it was broken, broken links everywhere. Just you know, really bad attempt to start a website, and there was no sort of like e-commerce functionality at all. So, you know, as we as times moved on and technology has improved. You know, I've got my own website, which is RyanFerguson.co.uk, which is you know a far better platform. And the blog has since migrated under that heading. So there's a section on on my site now where where Planet Prentonia lives, um, and yeah, all all the archives are there, so people can dig in and find you know something that appeals to them. Um, um, very much, you know, we're looking to produce a lot more content in the future as well, it just keeps that ongoing. Um, this isn't like, the book isn't like the end of the journey, I think it's like a relaunch in terms of, um, you know, giving fans some kind of perspective at, at an important time, I think, for the club. There's a lot going on um, in terms of possible investments and, you know, desire to climb up that league pyramid again and I think it's uh, it's important that you have outlets that are willing to report sort of um, you know willing to, to, to dig up the stories that, that traditional outlets seem to shy away from and you know that's something I'm you know I'm, I'm determined to do and I think that the fans deserve that, that voice of um you know, someone looking out for, for, for the fans' interest, really. It's good to have that perspective about where the clubs come from. There's been a lot of dark times, not just to the recent on the league, you know, they're going out of the league for the first time in the, in the 80s, and they're going out of business and all the rest of it. And you chronicle all that, and you get that perspective, but also the journey's on a bit of an upward side. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> for now. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you look at what Mickey Mellon's done in particular. I think 
what he's achieved with the resources is just like it's just unprecedented <laughs> you know that, I still think that squad last season was it was average at best you take Noah out of the equation possibly Jennings it's like you know for a lot of the season we were inconsistent and like that Mellon was able to you know pull that together into some kind of run that resulted in promotion I think it was just absolutely brilliant you know that's why he's been linked with so many jobs um, and that's why we're so lucky to have him I think absolutely totally agree um, right so the book so obviously you, you've you've done a blog it's been really well received by all the fans particularly those kind of Wembley pre-Wembley stuff which resonates greatly with a lot of people even even now thinking back and I know talking to other fans and like they always mention those articles so what made you kind of say right let's put all this great stuff that we've got online and stick it into a published copy of a book yeah so basically like you mentioned like the support of people and it's it's so humbling like um like to say, I was just writing about Tramir because that's what I love to do. And then when you get people messaging you saying this article made me cry, you know, happiness or um, you know, it reminded me of loved ones that have departed, or you get people coming up to you at games and you know, just wanting to chat for five ten minutes and offering to buy you a drink, it's just like. It's mind blowing. So you're doing this for free drinks, obviously. Well, I don't actually drink, but yeah, if anyone wants to buy me a free coke, that's fine. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that that is humbling. You know, that never gets. You know, you never uh, lose sight of how special that is. And I think during that mental health crisis, it was. You know, I was looking for something, and it was. I was looking for some kind of. Uh, satisfaction in my life and really it was under my nose all the time in the thousands of nice comments people have said and you know to me somebody appreciating your work on that level is uh, far far greater than any sort of financial reward you can ever get from writing um, so in that respect the book is just a show of gratitude from myself to, to the fans who've been you know, so well you know so supported supported of me over the years um, and you know, it's just great for me to see that people are, are enjoying enjoying the book there's also you know so we put all the the best articles into the book but there's 13 new articles as well which sort of fill the gaps uh, when I was having my meltdowns and <laughs> the blog was a bit stagnant so there's articles there that bring it fully up to date you know uh, articles about the Wembley game against Newport and one article that people would be really fascinated about is how I gave James Norwood a lift home once uh, before he joined Ipswich <laughs> um, yeah that was that, that's a fun one definitely buy the book just for that <laughs> we're not going to talk about that incident because you should buy the book but um, knowing James Norwood I'm guessing it's going to be some kind of weird story so get yourself a copy of the book to read that yeah definitely um, and Mickey Mellon was about to get in the car as well until someone from the club just like said no you're mad <laughs> we can't have we can't have the, the manager and the striker travelling in one car with somebody who we don't even know um, but yeah so basically <laughs> I pestered Norwood about when he signed a contract and um, I think one of the sports coaches was was in the car as well and he said he'll sign a new contract when you find us somewhere good to eat tonight I was like alright then so we drove through the tunnel and uh, yeah dropped him off in like Liverpool and uh, the place the restaurants I picked must have been terrible like because <laughs> Yeah, as we, all know, as we all know, he moved and uh, it was a very dark day for the club, but uh, yeah, 
feel free to to blame me for that one. So the next time we don't score any goals, which could well be today because we are recording on Saturday, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's partially to blame. So Ryan, I'm guessing this is the first one, right? Yeah, yeah, it is definitely. So you've obviously got this portfolio of tons of articles and stuff mm. that you collate. Yeah. How easy is it all to put it all together and make it a nice smooth journey that reads reads well and we get into a, a published book. Yeah, so you know, we we had sort of archives going back four or five years. Um, some of it was some of it was uh, very very poor to say the least. You know, there's some articles that just I wrote an article once about Steve McNulty's body mass index and it was just like yeah that's not going in the book but uh, <laughs> yeah, basically went, went through each article and just said like is this is it going to be a good fit for the book people people enjoy it you know, is it is it true to the to the mission of Planet Prentonia in terms of bringing value that otherwise isn't out there um, and then I just arranged that in a chronology um, so the book does read as a narrative history of the club from day one right the way through uh, in chronological order um, and as I say I put it on a timeline and where there was gaps um, I purposely wrote an article just bridging bridging those voids so you know I'd never wrote anything about Tramier in the 50s for instance I was like right I've got to I've got to uh, my dad will tell you those are the best years <laughs> I've, got to, I've got to dig something else here so I think I wrote about we played Wrexham in 1958 last day of the season and uh, we needed to win to, to stay in the third division because it uh, basically the regionalisation had, had ended and whoever finished 11th actually stayed in the league in, in, in division 3 and uh, basically we won we actually beat Wrexham and uh, just a, an unbelievable story that like nobody had ever sort of told me. Certainly, it wasn't even on Wikipedia. Yeah, this speaks to my dad too. <laughs> I suppose you've heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was. So basically, we had, we had this timeline of you know where do I need to where do I need to focus in terms of telling this story of Tramia. Um, I managed to, to plug those gaps. So there's the stories from every decade from 1880s right through to, to the present day um, and you know the process of editing um, was six months um, so I checked every attendance, checked every result, every date um, and just yeah it was quite a soul, dest- soul destroying activity <laughs> yeah, I just uh, hid myself in the spare room and just like for hours on end, just pouring through the, the complete record, which was, you know, that's, that still remains the ultimate Tramia Rovers book, you know, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of being a, a reference point of what happened on what day. Um, and I actually spoke to, to Peter Bishop after, you know, I spoke to him at Prenton Park and we've, we've done like a signing for the book. And, um, I took issue with the fact that I called it my book the first narrative history of Shami Rovers. <laughs> it was all in good jest, but uh, you know what, what I mean by that is just like you know, it's, a, it, it's purely narrative. It's, it's, it's no sort of statistical tables in there, or you know if you want to know who Tramia played on this date in 1948, you know go and get Peter's book. Um, but if you want to know, you know. The story around what was happening at that point in the, the cultural context of the club. Um, you know, definitely check out check out my my book, and uh, you know that'll that'll steer you in the right direction. Was it? You said it was a bit of a pain in the ass. Doing all the checks and everything. Six months. Yeah. Not yeah. an easy kind of process. That's right. It was. Um, uh, Danny Holmes was just uh, walking, uh, <laughs> unexpected guest on the uh, on the podcast. Yeah, maybe we'll get him on. Yeah. <laughs> his coffee first. Yeah, yeah. Very surreal to say the least. But um, he's got very pink trainers on. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, we will. Uh, try and uh, give him a copy of the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so six months, as I say, of just like, yeah, <laughs> checking every fact. Um, I can't tell you off the top of my head how many games Danny Holmes played for Tramir. Just quite a few. <laughs> I think he was on the radio the other day and he said 150, over 150 games. Oh, yeah. So. No, that kind of means he's a trauma legend, even though he was really shit at the time he was playing. I don't think he's actually mentioned in the book. No. no. This is awkward. Yeah, very awkward. Yeah. He might confront me, to be fair. <laughs> he uh, bought a copy, especially, to see his name. Yeah, know, yeah. But never came. What do you think he's going to order? It's, well, it's going to be something to go. I think he's going to do some coaching. I <laughs> <laughs> wonder if yeah. anyone else will come in. <laughs> yeah, anyway, we might just sit here and wait for Godwin the Antwi. The, the, the Tramia team from 2012 to walk in the room <laughs> and then order their coffees <laughs> and then fuck off again. And then yeah, we'll say hello to Danny in a minute. He's just ordering his coffee. This is like not commentating on. I feel like um, Stan Collymore, you when know, he was at the Euros or whatever he was, the Periscope during all the uh, oh, yeah. uh, bit edginess. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. We were talking about the process of writing a book. Yeah. So you were talking about the six months of dotting the I's and crossing the T's, etc. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a straightforward, nice, easy process, despite having a lot of the content already there, it's, it's a hard, sort of, a long-staking process, yeah. all together, and get the order right, so it reads well. Definitely, you know, saying, you know, it's, it's sort of about the obsessive-compulsive disorder, you know, it's something I've spoke about and written about a lot recently, um, it's like... It's the finest like blessing, but also uh, like an actual curse as well. You know, when you're doing things like that, um, you know, it could be like worrying about a random attendance figure. You know, at like 3 a.m. and you're just like, that's popped into my head. All right, I've got to go and check that. And like, yeah, so everything was checked three times. Um, hopefully, no one spots an error. If you do, please don't bother messaging me. <laughs> Because I'll have a meltdown, but uh, yeah, it was um, you know it, it's 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 important that you know we speak out about conditions like OCD because it doesn't restrict people from creating. In fact, it can actually be you know a great benefit to creativity if if channeled correctly and with the correct boundaries in place. Um, you know, it can detail orientated sort of approach can be really like beneficial on projects like this um, you just have to be careful not to take it too far um, so one thing I did was like you know I had a I've got a room at home where I just you know that's me writing room with my desk and my books and stuff and sometimes you know my girlfriend had to literally just pull me out of there and close the door you know what I mean just to to, to create that boundary and give myself that, that time but yeah, I think the book is basically a monument to OCD, and uh, yeah, if you, if you suffer with conditions like that yourself, just you know, I want you to know that you shouldn't hold you back from from creating something, um, and you know, there's, there's definitely a bright future, you know, if regardless of, of what you may be going through. So, book's been out for a few weeks now. Weeks. Yeah, it came out on first of August, so a month. Yeah. How's it sell? Yeah, we sold over 250 copies. So really, you know, thankful for everybody who's, who's purchased. Uh, we had a, a signing day in the, the fan tent, which was very surreal. <laughs> I remember we used to play this game with my dad when I was a kid, where um, I was obsessed with autographs. I had autograph books, and um, I used to, you know, when I was about seven, eight, I used to play this game with my dad, where I, you know, I pretend to be a player, and he like asked me for me for my autograph, 
and I'd, I'd do that play as autograph, like play that for hours on end, me and my dad. Um, so to actually have people actually asking me to sign a book <laughs> at Prenton Park, it was very <coughs> surreal, but you know, it's brilliant. And some of the people I met that day was, yeah, it was fantastic that they, you know, they had a connection, you know, they, they, they could be bothered to actually come up and speak, you know, they were bothered about my presence there, which was, <laughs> you know, it was humbling, to, you know, to say the least. Um, and that, you know, that's all I wanted to achieve with the book. Yeah, it wasn't really about sales to a certain extent. It was just, you know, putting a smile on people's faces and uh, putting Tramir in its correct cultural context for the first time. Right, we are going to give away a copy of the book. Are you going to sign it? I will sign it, yeah, if people want me to sign it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will. Um, yeah, we'll give, away, we'll give away a copy of the book. Um, check out our Twitter feed, at this is Shamir. Ryan, this is Ryan Ferguson HQ. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, Planet Pentonia yeah. on Twitter. We'll do something on Twitter, um, give you all the details of how you can win that copy of the book, and then we'll pick someone at random, or as random as this is Shamir draws usually happen. Yeah. Um, if you're based in Essex, like the last minute, and it's just a pain in the arse, you're probably not going to win. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we will be filtering it by postcode. If postcode can, lottery. If yeah. you can collect it at a game that we're already going to be at, then you've got a better chance of winning. We need to post it around, you know, half the globe. Yeah. So uh, yeah, there's a little disclaimer there for you. Yeah. Um, that and, and don't that was a joke by the way I'm talking in Jeff just nobody get offended please and don't just wait to see if you win the competition just if you want to buy it buy it <laughs> yes we should say that uh, so where can they buy it yeah, this is the, the crucial question isn't it <laughs> uh, no, so it's available on Amazon uh, yeah, that platform has been absolutely fantastic for me um, so yeah you just search Planet Prentonia on Amazon um, you get in Ebook form, you know, if you're that way inclined. Uh, the paperback as well, which has been really well received. Um, you can obviously check it out on on social media as well. The the uh, handles that you just mentioned, and you can get it through my website as well, which is ryanferguson.co.uk. There's a link there which will take you straight to the book on Amazon, um, and you can have it in your hand as soon as reasonably possible. Absolutely, good stuff. Right, um, it would be a remiss of me not to talk about Tramir of today. Right. Do we have to? <laughs> um, we want to get some thoughts. Um, so, as I said, we are recording this on August the 31st morning of the Rotherham United game. I'm not going to talk about that because it's going to be old news. Yeah. Start of the season. Five games in the um, I think it's going to be a long season. Um, I think the the transfer business was, you know, it was very underwhelming. As you guys have talked about on the podcast before, you know, some of the some of the deals were very sort of surprising to say the least. You know, replacing Norwood. Yeah, we're never going to replace Norwood, really. They've tried to replace him in the aggregate by signing like five strikers, who, you know, all of them added up, don't account for half of Norwood's talent. But basically, um, you've signed a lot of players who haven't got a history of scoring a lot of goals, which is always worrying. Uh, but going back to the Chamberlain, <coughs> yeah, well, signing people like Oli it's nice to honour tradition, to be fair. But I think, you know, we're, we're um, I would say we've, we've, got, we've grown very quickly into this position. Um, if you look at it, we're two headers away from still being a non league club, um, which is a very simple way of looking at it. But I think that non league squad was arguably. Better than the squad we've got at the moment. I know it's a quite controversial opinion, but you look at players like Steve McNulty, um, Jeff Hughes, Jay Harris, 
uh, Andy Cook, James Norwood, even players like Adam Mackey, that type of um, player. I don't know if you've ever replaced them. I really don't. Um, I think we've we've seen glimpses so far that you know there's, there's, there is players there capable of you know something special on the day. I think you know we've seen Ferrier was. You know, I've been really impressed with Ferrier. I think, obviously, he's injured now, which is a typical tramway, but um, I think he is definitely showing glimpses of being able to, to, to fill that void to a certain extent. I think he was brought in at the same age as Norwood when Norwood arrived, so if the club can do something similar in terms of helping his progression, his growth, then, you know. You never know where we could go this season. Uh, personally, I think you know if we manage to stay lower mid-table, I think that'd be a very good return on on the squad that we've got. Um, and it, you know, it always helps that some of the relegation places have been taken up already with you know, Berry and probably Bolton, given the, you know how far along they are in terms of points deductions. So, I think home form is going to be key this season. If we can, you know, turn Pretton Park into you know, a fortress and just really concentrate on grinding out those those home wins, you know, that that'll be a big step in the right direction. Um, and yeah, just consult. If we can consolidate, I think everyone will be happy with that. We touched on it earlier, Mickey Mellon. I've said on the podcast before, he's the best manager we've ever had and I'm counting Johnny King in terms of what he's managed to achieve with the resources he's had at his disposal um, kind of the situation he found himself in at the beginning um, I think he's brilliant and I obviously have, I know him quite well and he's a top man as well can that be used to kind of to our advantage if you like so you say he's not not really had any resources to work with in terms of money to bring in you know, top players or whatever. You think he can get the, the best out of what he's got, basically? Yeah, well, he's, you know, you've seen him pulling his hair out on the touchline in the last few games, and it's just, you know... It, it doesn't help, does it, when people get stupid to the cards? Yeah, yeah, it just, just undermines what we're, what we're trying to achieve. About but I think there's a trend, isn't there, with, with Mickey Mellon? Mickey Mellon's teams, you know, second half of the season they always seem to, to put it together. Um, I think it takes takes a while to, to, to get that team to, to gel. And, and you know, for Mickey and uh, Mike Jackson to sort of stamp their their print on it. Um, but definitely, that's that's the biggest asset we've got at the club at the moment is Mickey Mellon. Uh, the way he just pulls rabbits out the hat is just you know it's it's fantastic. Um, and like you say, he's gave the club the best days you know many of us have ever seen on on a shoestring budget. Um, and while we've got him in the dugout, we've got a fighting chance no matter what league we're in. Um, and that's that's definitely something to be positive about. So lower to mid table is your prediction? Yeah. Your bottom Fourteen. Yeah. That's optimistic, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Positive? Yeah. Um, can we talk a bit about the Bowie situation? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a tough one. I've seen a lot of divided opinion on social media amongst Tramia fans. You know, I understand there's a rivalry there. Um, a lot of fans are kind of taking umbrage with dancing on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, and, and, listen, I, and kind of I understand that. You know, <coughs> when I see you know when Berry clinched one of the promotions. 
you know, it was so infuriating to see those celebrations. Um, you know, I think I've actually seen Berry promoted at Brenton Park more times in my life than Tramia, which, you know, it's quite special to be fair. But um, no, I think I understand that, you know, that when we got relegated out the Football League, you know, on social media there was a bit of to and fro, and, you know, and. A lot of fans have held a grudge. You know, I, d- I don't like, I didn't like Barry myself, but you have to look at it, and it's 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 a lower league, a northern lower league football club that's you know, well, it's lost the football league status, and you know, I think it's it's a sad day for lower league football, and I think it's um, yeah, a massive wake up call. I think. It, if you look at if you look at what, what I've always tried to say with Planet Prentonia is the real um, value of football. It's it's quite tribal. That, that tribalism of um, one town against another town, trying to assert your values, your philosophy, and your skills as superior. And I think that's why football is so intoxicating to, to a lot of people. It's, uh, gives us some kind of identity, and it's it's a vehicle of, of civic pride in yeah. terms of you know our town's going up against your town, and you know we're gonna show you how how great we are, you know. And to a certain extent, Berry have lost that. You know, Berry fans have lost that now, and that's uh, you know I know it's a very complex issue, and there's a lot of you know, interpretations, and you know I'm not entirely up to date with it all but I think just from a, from a basic level of you know people people celebrating Perry losing the football league stasis it's like you know I understand dancing on the pitch and how jarring that is and signing players they couldn't afford and the whole Ryan Lowe situation but if you look at it that's what makes football great if you look at it independently it's like when people are getting pissed off by things, it's like it actually means something. That that you know, that's the passion that football instills, and to a certain extent, you know, if you lose that, it, it takes something away from, from from us as well. I think. Um, I think I've been to gig lane sort of six, seven times following Tramier. It was the first ever away game I went to was was Berry, and you know. Like I say, personally, I didn't, you know, I didn't like them, like a lot of Shamir fans don't. But it's it's a sad day that one of our um, long-standing rivals has, yeah, has lost its lost its place in the football league, and um, you know, I, I just I just hope that they're able to to reassemble in, in whatever format um, and and make their way back, really. Good news is that just one relegation place out of the way. Yeah. All the likely to take another one. Mm-hmm. So fingers um, crossed we can stay up. Yeah, yeah. We just need to. If anyone else wants to go out of business, <laughs> you know, feel free. Um, no, we can stay with. Why chilling? You remember that? Who else? Who else is in? The, who else is in League One? Uh, Crawley, no. Uh, uh, all the teams are uh, wanting that they could eat because they're like swimming oh yeah they're league two Walden league yeah. two who else is there <laughs> Gillingham's a good shout Gillingham yeah Gillingham I mean Steve Evans is there as well so oh yeah that's definitely. another reason to decide definitely um, who else that's, that's three then we need one more <laughs> just need one more um, no I reckon we, we've, we've got to have a chance a decent chance if at least one of the two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very optimistic there. Um, yeah. Like I say, if anyone wants to volunteer just to go bust, that'd be very well received. There's, there's two days to blow all your funds in the transfer window. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. It's like, it's um, like the reverse of Les Aid. 
tram your aid. Just blow it off. Yeah. You don't even have to have it in your account. Yeah. Just go, you know. Get a, get a Wonga loan or something. Yeah. So, um, right, Ryan, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for giving up Saturday morning. I mean, it's pretty. I was going to say it's pretty miserable. Yeah. It's, it was raining before. I've but met Danny Holmes, I've made up. Yeah, we've had a, a nice coffee, nice little muffin. That's all good. Um, hopefully, the coffee machine hasn't taken over this recording. Um, so, yeah, one final plug for the book. So, we can get it on Amazon, your website, which is. Yeah, ryanferguson.co.uk. Uh, obviously, follow me on Twitter as well, uh, Ryan Ferguson HQ, Pine Prentonia. And, uh, yeah, let me know if you enjoy the book. Uh, send me a photo of your best, your best quote, your best memory, and uh, yeah, just let everybody know that, especially as Christmas comes around, yeah, it's the ideal present. <laughs> so, uh, no, thanks for having me on, Paul. I really appreciate the opportunity. And, uh, and, uh, as we said, we'll give away a copy of the book. So follow us on Twitter at this is Tradmere, at Ryan Ferguson HQ at Planet Antonia. Uh, we'll do something with that. Yeah, even if you've got a free copy, which will which will get Ryan to sign, it's always good to have an outside copy so you can increase the pages and uh, keep one nice and treasured. So we're uh, going to do that. Uh, we'll post all the links on our Twitter and everything as well. So uh, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks a lot, Paul. Right. Once again, big thank you to Ryan for giving up his time, having a great little chat. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I certainly enjoyed chatting to him, so it was really good. Um, as we said, we will give away a copy of the book, which will be signed, if you so wish. Um, we will give it away on our Twitter pages. So, get following that. This is Chamia. Um, also give a follow to Ryan and Planet Prentonia. So at Ryan Ferguson HQ, at Planet Prentonia. Those are the three ways you'll be able to get uh, involved with the competition. And we will do that in the coming days if it hasn't. It depends when you're listening to this. If you're listening to this, as soon as it goes out, we will put something on Twitter. Um, as well as Ryan and uh, the PP page. And uh, we will sort all that out and we will give away a copy hopefully in the next sort of week or so. Um, so yeah that is that so get following us on Twitter um, if you are listening to this on I, uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts as it's now called uh, don't forget to leave us a nice little review and a 5 star rating if you like the content um, helps the algorithm so we'd appreciate if you could do that um, but yeah uh, one more shout out to the official supporters club uh, doing great work around the club, so make sure get into all those before the game, after the game, uh, live bands and all the rest of it. Get yourselves a membership. The bonus of being able to travel on um, discounted coaches, pin badges. There's loads of benefits uh, to being a member. It's only a tenner for an adult. If you're a junior and a season to get older, it's absolutely free, gratis. So there's no reason why you wouldn't do so. So uh, yeah, get following them on Twitter at SWAT underscore TRFC. Uh, TramiRoversOSC.co.uk on the interweb. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's all I think. Um, we're hoping to do a more regular podcast myself, Matt and Jake in the coming days, which will be the August episode. I realise that I'm recording this on the 2nd of September. But, you know, these things happen. Uh, we will hopefully be able to get together this week and sort something out. And we will uh, put that out. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the chat we had with uh, Ryan. Uh, one more f uh, final thank you to him for giving up his time. Um, check, get, a cop get yourself a copy of the book. Join in the competition. And until next time, it's cheerio. Suave!